Hi everybody, I'm Bob Schneider. Welcome to the Song Club. I knew it was a bad idea to meet you here, my dear. Man, I can't believe it's been like three years since I started doing this, because literally it doesn't seem that long at all. And then I was thinking, well, it'll be 10 years at some point, and then it'll be 20 years at some point. But most of you guys will be dead, because you're old. And I'll probably be dead. And you're probably wondering, well, if you're dead, Bob, how are you going to be doing the podcast? It's because I'll know then I'm dying, and then I'll record a bunch of podcasts, and then the podcast will keep going after I'm dead, and that's when it will really get popular. But you guys will be dead too, so you won't see it, but maybe your kids will see it. And then your kids will be like, yeah, this is the podcast that my parents used to listen to um, back before the viruses started wiping out all of humanity. Uh, that's a wonderful thing to think about. I don't know, man. I don't know about you guys, but I will find some shit to worry about. My mind is basically a rat looking for a piece of cheese to gnaw on all the time. But I like to gnaw on shit that's more like esoteric, like, I don't know, like death or fucking who knows, like something I said to somebody. Like I said something when I met somebody in a social situation, so I try to be provocative and said something, and then I'm like, oh, that person probably thinks I'm a horrible person because I said something provocative. That's what I like to worry about, because guess what the consequences are? Zero. Like, so what? So one more person doesn't like me. There's a lot of people that don't like me. It's fine. Not you guys, of course. Except for maybe some of the folks who I said were old, and you guys are like old, and you're like, fuck this guy for reminding me that I'm old. But if you're old, and you're cool with being old, nobody's cool with being old, by the way. But if you're like resigned to it, then you'll be like, all right, whatever, I'm resigned to it. Just quit reminding me that I'm old, Bobby. All right, no more talk about old age. But we'll talk about... My mind being like a rat looking for something to gnaw on. And so now, what's it gnawing on? Coronavirus. Which, normally, who gives a fuck about the coronavirus? Except now, I've got a little daughter who has some respiratory issues because she was a preemie. So now all I'm thinking is that coronavirus is going to come along and it's going to suck. So, yeah, that's what I'm worried about now. Like this weird fucking wraith. Kind of like in Harry Potter. Those fucking black floaty fucking wispy fuckers that come and suck your shit out. So that that's what I've got to deal with now. Not an unstoppable thing that can't be stopped. That's going to sweep through the entire world. Like a goddamn the Grim Reaper. And now I've got to fucking worry about it. Here's what I have been doing. Washing my fuck out of my hands. That's for sure. I got some clean hands. My shit used to be real dirty. Actually, I just looked at my fingers. They're not that clean. I need to probably wash them a little bit harder. 
get them real clean. And some of you are like, when you run into me next time, you're going to be like checking out my fingers. Oh, yeah, those are those are kind of dirty, but they won't be because I'm be washing the fuck out of them because of the virus sitch. A nation. Well, all right, fuck it. Not a great way to start the podcast for sure, but it's the way it got started. I do want to thank you guys for joining me today here in the song club. And I especially want to thank all my Patreon supporters. Thanks, you guys. It really means a lot. Uh, it really helps out. Um, I'm getting ready to record a new record, which is exciting for me and hopefully exciting for you. It's going to be a great record. Maybe my best record. I know you're like, nope, can't be, but might be. Got some great songs. Right now, the biggest problem is trying to figure out which songs to put on the record because I got a lot of great songs because I've waited too long to put out a record. I should have put out a record a year ago when I had the right number of great songs. Now I got one and a half times that number. So I've got the songs that I like, and then I got the songs my wife likes. I like the songs that are about being a man and getting older and about facing death. And she likes the songs that you can dance to. So that's the conundrum. Dance songs or deep esoteric songs about angst and dying. It'll be a combo, hopefully, of the two. And either way, the good news is I've got a lot of great songs. Um, the bad news is coronavirus. Um, so on that note, let's listen to a newer song. Uh, real new, actually. I, I just wrote it last week. It's called 14. My son's 14. And it's a strange age. He He's just going through puberty. He's just started going through puberty. And uh, I guess the brain kind of melts down and becomes real malleable. And a person changes more during that period of time than they do at any other time in their life, except for maybe when they're like the first year or two of their life, when their brain's like completely like silly putty. But he's a he's a wonderful kid. I love my son. He's great. But he's you know introspective. He's in he's he's a lot of lot of internal stuff going on. And so when I'm on the outside going, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. And then eventually I'll look up from his phone and he's like, what? I'm like, what's going on? Nothing. Okay. Anything exciting to report? Nope. Okay. Hey. Anyways, that's most conversations. So I wrote a song called 14, and I have no idea if this is what 14 feels like, but this is me being 54 thinking about being 14. This is me. 40 years after the fact, thinking about what I felt like when I was a teenager, which was, I don't know, not good. Like, anytime I hear a song from that period, like, I listened, to, I, there was a lot of disco from 80s disco. I don't know if anybody's, yeah. If you're my age, you heard a lot of 80s disco. Uh, but I heard it in Germany, so it was even worse there. Um, so whenever I hear any of those songs, I'm like, oh man, 
I'm so glad I don't have to go through that period again. All right, let's listen to this song. This is called 14. I'm made out of diamonds, the stars and the sun. And there's a feeling inside that can never be undone. 14, 14, I'm a shark in a tank, lost on the banks of a strange new land, I'm electric, I am. Did I fail to mention that I grew up in Appalachia? I was an Appalachian child. I don't even know where Appalachia is. It's I know where what's going on there is there's a bunch of people with not good teeth action wanting to have booty sex. But non-consensual booty sex. So that's where I grew up. In Appalachia. No, I didn't. But how about that banjo work, buddy? I know you're like, damn, Bobby, is there no instrument that you can't play badly? No, there isn't. I can play them all pretty badly, including the banjai, which is, uh, that's when I play multiple banjos. I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, banjos with an S. No, it's banjai. Um, yeah, so that's the, uh, that's 14. That's that song. Um, I do feel like I've got this weird vibe. So, so every year at the beginning of the year, I switch imaginary album titles. So I just call all the songs that I wrote like a, a I, I have an album title for it. And in this year, it's Schnitty's Bricks. And basically, I'm just every year I I I. I've always had this feeling that I'm never going to write another good song. And then weeks will go by and sometimes months will go by and, and, and I don't write and I start getting really scared and worried. Anyways, guess what's going on that. I mean, I've written a couple songs that are okay, but I haven't written any great songs this year and we're already in March. So we're talking two months have gone by. I've had eight opportunities to write a great song. I've gotten a couple good ones. Okay ones. I mean, this next one's pretty good. It's called All or Nothing. And then I got another song that I wrote last week called Fingers Crossed. I think both of those are okay. But I want a Big Blue Sea. I want to write Big Blue Sea. And I haven't written Big Blue Sea this year. So it's... It gets very disconcerting because there's no, there's no, 
guarantee that I will write a good song. Like, they could all just be kind of okay. I mean, they'll be all right. They'll be good. They won't be horrible. They'll be better than most people's songs. But fuck that. I don't want to write good songs. I want to write something amazing. And, uh, and be able to go out and play it live. But anyways, uh, I haven't been able to do that this year yet. Or at least they haven't lived up to my expectations. So it's disconcerting. So we got two things to be worried about. One, A, coronavirus could kill family members. Hopefully that won't ever happen. God damn it. Knocking on the goddamn wood. And also the, the much better thing to worry about if I can ever write a good song again. See, that's what I want to worry about, by the way. Whether I can write a fucking good song. I'll worry about that all fucking day long. And I won't be happy about it. But I'd prefer that to actual fucking end of the world shit. Oh yeah, by the way, you want to watch a documentary about the end of the world? Watch the new Werner Herzog jam. I don't even know what it's called, but it's it's got a picture of a dude whose face is all wires. And it's about the internet and about how when that goes down because of a solar flare, which will happen at some point, we're all f- fucked. So basically I should just call this song club slash great news. Get ready for the apocalypse. Um, I did have some missionaries some LDS missionaries come by the other day and we had a wonderful time. Nice guys. Um, and at the end, <laughs> towards the end of our visit, we started talking about the end of the world and they're like, yeah, that's what God said. God said the end of the world is nigh. I'm like, I've never believed it, but man, it's looking not good. I mean, I don't, I don't believe it, but, it's not good looking. If the future was a chick, should be about a three. I want the future to look like about a nine and a half. I want her, I want the future to look like Annie McDowell in fucking Groundhog Day. Instead, future's looking like damn Kathy Bates in whatever movie she's in in five years. If she's still alive, because she's old, unless she's a fan of the show. If she's a fan of the cast, then I think she's actually much higher on the list. I mean, if she's a fan of the show, I'm giving her a seven. But if she's not listening, I'm probably going to go lower. Is that is that horrible of me? No. That's human of me. Excuse me for being human. Excuse me for being a human. All right. Speaking of which, uh, coronavirus, uh, internet going down, everything going to shit, not being prepared the way the LDS community is. Um, Let's listen to another song. And this kind of... Ties into that, I guess. It's a brand new song. It's called Crossed Fingers.
told me that one day when we were working on some project. Uh, it sounds like I do, like I'm working on projects all the time with people that I know. Happened one time, probably will never happen again. Uh, that's the only time I've ever worked on a project with anybody, and it happened years ago. But I'm making it sound like, oh yeah, that's what I do. I just hang out with people and, and do projects and stuff. Did it once. And while we were doing it, he's like, yep. Yeah, Measure twice, cut once. And I'm like, fuck that. Don't measure, cut, and see what happens. That's kind of the way I live my life. So uh, I like that verse. Uh, Cut once, measure twice. I've always liked good advice, but I've never been one to use it. It's kind of true. I am one of those people that if you tell me to do something, I'm almost always going to want to do the opposite because I don't want you to tell me what to do, even if you're giving me good advice. And if you have an argument, it doesn't matter what it is. Like if your argument is there is no God, my response is, of course, there's a God. And if your argument is there is a God, then my response is, well, can't be proven. So, uh, do I have a lot of friends? No, don't. Do I have a lot of admirers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, do I have a lot of people that would love to be my friend? They think they would. But then they'd be like, mm-hmm. I wish I would have never met him. I liked him before I knew him better than I do now. Uh, I will say this after listening to that fingers crossed song, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. So when I said I'm not, I haven't written any great songs, that's a pretty great song. It's just not great, great. I guess that's what I want to do. I want to write great, great, and I'm only writing great. Uh, and now you're like, really? It was fine. It was fine, Bob. I don't know if I'd put it in the great category, but it's probably fine. Or somebody might be like, yeah, let's get really good. I don't know. Let's listen to another song. This is actually, I kind of like this song. I kind of like it. I played it last night at a show. And here's the test of songwriting, if you're a songwriter, or if you're not a songwriter. Here's the test. If you can pick up an acoustic guitar and play a song in front of a group of people and it still feels okay and people still like it, then that's a good song. If you pick up a guitar and start playing a song and it feels bad and you realize that you're sucking, it's not a good song. And guess what most songs are? That. Because it's not like comedy where if you do comedy... People either laugh or they don't laugh. And if they don't laugh, you can kind of go, well, they just don't have a great sense of humor. But if they keep not laughing, eventually you go, I guess I suck. 
And then you either fix it or you get out of the fucking comedy game. The problem with music is you can just tell yourself over and over, oh, they're not clapping, but it's probably because they're being reverential. No, it's because you suck and they want you to get off stage. But it's real hard to tell. And also, you can sneak in a lot of bullshit in between good songs and get away with it. In fact, I'd say 99.999% of people do it. Now, you got Tom Petty, you got Paul Simon, you got people like that, maybe the Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones. You got some people that have a lot of great songs. They don't need to slip in the bullshit. I saw Paul McCartney. He tried to slip in some bullshit, and even when he was trying to slip in some bullshit, it was still pretty good. And when I say pretty good, I mean like the best show I've ever seen. And he was still trying to slide in some bullshit. He was like, I got, I know I got to play all the hits for everybody, but let me play a few songs for me that weren't good. But even the ones that weren't good, it was Paul McCartney. So it was still pretty fucking amazing. So I don't know what I'm saying. What am I saying? Oh, this was all leading up to me introducing one more new song that I played last night that turned out pretty good. People seem to like it, but I did sell the fuck out of it. I will say that. Like, I don't always sell it. Yeah, I do. I always sell it. So all right, here it is. It's called All or Nothing. I'm going down to South Dakota Build an empire there Meet a beautiful woman Oh, I swear I'm going to get out of Ohio Get out of here one day It's all or nothing To run on, get into the medical game. Paper up my palace, I set the world aflame. I'm gonna get out of the world and never look back. It's all or nothing, it's always been like that. Let me twenty dollars just for a short while. I'll get it back to you real soon. Oh, good for it this Ohio. I guess they've been hit pretty hard with that opioid epidemic. But I think everybody. It's it's hit everywhere. I don't know, man. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy that all these people I there's nobody that I know that 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 had like any kind of a back surgery or any kind of thing that happened like 10 years ago where they didn't give them like oxycontin and whatever the other crazy pain drugs were 
and then they all had a problem with it. Like everybody I know that had that surgery had a, and then eventually had like a problem. Now everybody I know is an addict or an alcoholic. So surprise that they would have a problem with it. But I mean, it's crazy. I guess they're being more careful now, maybe because they got fucking tagged by some crazy trillion dollar log of suits. I'm just making up numbers. I'm just saying shit. Making it up. Don't give a fuck if it's true. I'm making up shit. Don't give a fuck if it's true. And then you are taking it and running with it, maybe. Or it might have. If I just say something like, if I'm on stage and I just say something with a straight face, people are like, well, that must be the truth because he said it with a straight face. Even though most of the shit I say on stage is bullshit. Because all I'm trying to do on stage is be entertaining. So I will say some shit if I think it's funny or entertaining, and then people are like, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know it either. I just made it up. But guess what the entire world is? Just made up shit. Like, we just made it all up. Like, we were just here, fucking naked on the earth, and we're like, hmm, what do we do? Well, let, let's take this grass. Let's take this. Look at this grass. It's wide. It's like a wide grass, and it's kind of got it's got fuzz on it. Let's wrap that around our nuts so that our nuts don't scrape upon the ground and get eaten up by ants at night. And then we're like, hmm, that's pretty good. I slept through the night last night without my nuts being eaten by ants. We're like, yo, you should go check out... Uh, Brugs, nut, clothing. <laughs> oh, Brugs got a, yeah, man, Brugs so good at making nut hammocks out of those fuzzy leaves. You should go get one. Hmm. And that's where it starts. So it starts with nut hammocks, and then now it's like smartphones. So, and everything's all made up, and they're like, no, no, this is exactly the way you should be wearing your jeans, rolled up at the bottom. Oh, no, if you're wearing your jeans rolled up, you might as well just go ahead and cut your legs off. No, you have to wear your legs half folded up. You're actually where your the end of your jean should go right above your calf. If it's any lower then you might as well just um, take your leg and put it into a, a, one of those industrial presses until it's just nothing but orange juice. Oh, no. You want, your, you want the bottom of your jean to basically cover up your entire shoe and only the toe should be poking out. That's, only, that's the only way you should wear your jeans. Now, what you, you need your jeans to be as wide as the sun's butthole. That's how wide your jeans need to be. That's wide, though. The sun has a huge butthole. Yeah. And that's how wide you're... your jeans need to be so skinny that even an atom needs a goddamn passport to pass down between your leg and the jean. That's how tight it is. It should be so tight that human rights 
violation committees should be lining up at your door going, take those jeans off. They're too tight. But they're not too tight because they're just right. They're tight, just the right amount of tight, which is as tight as possible. Like where there's no circulation in your leg. Your leg, if your legs still have feeling in them, if your legs don't need to be amputated after you've worn your pants all day at work, you're not wearing tight enough pants. So there you go. Fashion advice from Brug. Brug's Fashion Corner with B. Fuck in schnids. Uh, at some point this month, I listened to a song called The Creeps, which popped up on my iTunes. And I was like, oh, let me let me uh, include The Creeps this month. So this is my, you know, I, I take uh, requests, and then every once in a while, I'll actually do my own request. So this is my own request. It's called The Creeps. Let's listen to it. I think I have some stuff to say about it, but I don't know what that is. God dang, you're giving me the creeps, man. Shake me up with the scary choice of words, man. Make my butts spit out there, turfs and straight you crazy, late, freaky, dicky, junky, jink, chain. The way you say you stuff is crazy. Make my mind lazy, just like hazy. You ain't no Jay-Z. He just crazy. The way you acting, he's like you do some weakness, no day. You know they give me the creeps. You know you give me the creeps. You know you give me the creeps. You know you give me the creeps. Dibble dabble, don't prescribe But the babble on the track, make it crap on. Till it's good, see, should we head to the hood scene, make a baby? You dingle dangle, what's your angle? Girl, you sparkle like the star spangle. Man, I mind you, man, I damn you, tell me, the dude is gonna damn you, naughtier than planners. You know you give me the creeps. 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 Ah, that's my little daughter. I guess I wrote that. God, it was like three and a half, four years ago when she was one or one-ish because, I don't know, it, she was just starting to say a word or two. I don't know. But I think she was in the – she must have been in the studio uh, like in a car seat or something or in like a rocker or something while I was writing that. And then uh, she just started singing along and uh, got captured on the recording. So maybe that's why. I wanted to share that song because it's pretty cute. It's pretty cute if it's your kid. If it's somebody else's kid, I mean, I don't give a fuck. So I know you're like, oh, here's my baby or whatever. And then I'm like, "Mm." I'm just going to lie and I'm going to say, oh, cute or whatever. Oh, yeah, I'll act interested, but I'm not at all because I don't care. I only care about my kids. And I know... I know that sounds horrible. I know it makes me sound like a horrible person, but it's the truth. I just don't care. I mean, I like I don't get me wrong. I like kids. Kids are cool. But, you know, 
I'm a man. So here's what I want to do. Work and uh, hang out with my family. And everything else, I'm kind of like, eh, low. Low on the uh, care about it poll. Um, I would like to say I've got some emails to read, but I have none. Uh, I think I answered all my Patreon uh, questions during the month. I did have a request from Roland Robb for Orlando. He requested the demo for that song. And there is no demo. Uh, that's Maybe there is somewhere. But if it is, it's like on a cassette somewhere. And I wouldn't have any idea how to even play a cassette at this point. So, sorry, Roland, there's no demo for Orlando. But you can find the song on... The Ugly American's Boom Boom Baby record, which is on Spotify and iTunes. So if you want to listen to that song, that's where to listen to it. Just look up Ugly Americans, Boom Boom Baby, and then or Orlando. And you'll find it and then you can listen to it. It's a pretty good song. I like it. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs on that Boom Boom Baby album, which not my favorite record. I've ever made, uh, you know, we made two records with Ugly Americans. The first one was called Stereophonic Spanish Fly. We made that with a producer named Don Gaiman, who is a world-famous producer, who right before he produced the Ugly American Stereophonic Spanish Fly album, produced the Hootie and the Blowfish album that sold like 20 million copies, and the Tracy Chapman record, that sold like 15 million copies. So he was just like, boom, out of the park, boom, out of the park. Oh, ugly Americans, boom, uh, right to the pitcher. And then he catches it and the guy's out. And then he also got the guy out at first because he had to run back to first, got him out. I don't know who that guy was. So we were excited when we were in the studio making that record. That record, not very good. Here's what Don Gaiman is, a good producer. Here's what he's not. He What he should have said was, hey, man, get some better songs for this record. Don't waste me. Don't waste how good I am on these shitty songs, because there are some bullshit songs on Stereophonic Spanish. There's one song called Calling Captain Lubertron, which was a joke that we would sing in the van where I'd be like calling Captain Louberton on and our drummer, Dave Robinson, whose nickname was Schniz, would say, Calling Schniz. And we put that on a major label album release. Can I tell you what decade we were in? I will. The 90s. The 90s. The 90s. Creed. Nickelback. Third. Three doors down. The 90s. Basically, this is what people were doing. This is the equivalent this is an analogy or a metaphor for the music business in the 90s. 
Dude walks up to a desk with a secretary at it, pulls his dick out, slaps it on the desk, and goes, check this out. And she's like, what the fuck? That's the 90s music business in a nutshell. Anyways, so check that album out. Stereophonic Spanish Fly or Boom Boom Baby. By the way, Boom Boom Baby, not as good as Stereophonic Spanish Fly. This, the title track, Boom Boom Baby, by the way, I wrote this song because I was dating a lady at the time who wanted me to talk dirty to her. Now, I'd never talked dirty to anybody in my life, and I didn't know how to do it. So she taught me how to do it. She said, say this and say this and say this. And I would say it. And it was like, that's pretty fun. She was real cool. And she taught me how to say dirty things while we were having adult consensual, <laughs> consensual sex. Because we were both adults. She was older than I was, but not by much. I was probably... Uh, how old was I? Probably 20, 30, 30, around 30. I was around 30. So a little late to be learning how to talk dirty, but that's when I learned it. Anyways, as I do with a lot of things in my life that I find exciting and amusing or interesting, I put it in a song and I called it Boom Boom Baby. And basically, Boom Boom Baby is just me saying a bunch of crazy, sexy shit. Now, people probably heard that Boom Boom Baby song and said, oh, this motherfucker thinks he's Tommy Lee Jones. Or not Tommy Lee Jones. That's the actor. I'm thinking of Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, who likes to fuck two or three strippers at a time. So they probably thought, oh, that's who he is. But no, that's not who I was or am. I was a scared kid who was learning how to talk dirty because his girlfriend wanted him to do it and taught me how to do it. So I wrote that down in a song. And the song's pretty good. It's pretty funny, and it's pretty provocative. And um, and so we recorded it, but then we we're like, oh, if this is the single, we're not going to be able to put the single out with these lyrics because the lyrics are adult lyrics written about adult situations by adults for adults. But because we live in America, you can't say pussy or fuck or I don't know what other words I use on that fucking song, and it doesn't matter. But they were like, well, we got to change those lyrics, which I did. And if you go to Spotify or iTunes, or if you even have that CD, if you still listen to CDs, you will hear the clean version of Boom Boom Baby. Now, when you listen to the clean version of Boom Boom Baby, there is no creepier song. No creepier song exists. Because now, you're talking dirty shit. But the idea is all ages. What the fuck? 
of course, we're not thinking about it at the time. I'm just going, yeah, how can I make that dollar-dollar bill, y'all? So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Let's fucking, you know, let's do a, a, a non-explicit version of it that we can put out there and, and make that money. But then after it was recorded, I should have said, no, put this song in the garbage because it's horrifying. Anyways, check it out if you want to check it out. Um, it's awful. It's awful. Um, and that record's not very good either. And the producer, don't know. Don't know his name. Completely forgot it. That guy that produced that record, also 90s producers, didn't know anything about producing a record. I don't know how we ended up with this guy, but we did. And all this guy did was come into the studio and get fucking baked. Just fucking baked. And I'm sober. So I'm not smoking weed. I'm not drinking. I'm just like, hey, buddy, can you fucking smoke somewhere else? Because I don't want to get a fucking contact high. You fucking talentless piece of shit. Unless the guy's a fan of the show. But if the guy's a fan of the show, then he was actually did a wonderful job. And um, appreciate the guy. All right, let's listen to another song. Uh... I got a request for Ice Cream Smile from Courtney Permenter. She's probably one of those Dementors. She just changed her name to Permenter. So people wouldn't know. Um, she wanted to hear the uh, demo for Ice Cream Smile. So let's check it out. Here it is. Ice Cream Smile. in my throat it gnaws on my skin i don't know yeah that was uh that was back in the day man that's an old demo right there i i went through a period well 
I've always liked really sort of avant-garde music, just weird stuff. I mean, when I was in high school, I was listening to mainly like computer music back, but this is like in the 80s. So I was listening to like Kraftwerk in German, uh, Gary Newman, just anything weird that I could find. I love the butthole surfers. That was one of the reasons I moved to Austin is because those guys lived here. So I've always liked sort of avant-garde music, and uh, for a while there I was trying to record, uh, you know, trying to get the recordings to sound, you know, have an edge to them. That definitely reflects that period. Uh, I don't know. You get older and it's like, yeah, less edge, more uh, soft, cottony, you know, comfort. I want soft cottony comfort in my music and less, you know, fucking drony, edgy bullshit. So that's the way that works. You get older and you, you, you just want, you know, a little goddamn peace and quiet in your life. Uh, which is why I think, you know, I guess, I don't know, I guess why my music appeals to uh, people that are my age, because you just get to a different, you get to a different period, you get, you just have different energy at different times in your life. And, uh, you know, when you're young, you're just full of, you know, you've got all that energy and you've got all that sort of, if you're a guy, you have all this aggression and and Gus, and you want to prove yourself and make your mark and, you know, burn down the fucking village. And then when you're older, you're like, hey, that village is fine just the way it is. And maybe you can find an inn that has a decent shepherd's pie and, and uh, a nice warm fire. You know, fuck trying to, <laughs> try, fuck trying to get everybody to think I'm goddamn... Rambo or fucking Braveheart, you know, I just want some, I just want a delicious uh, flan, you know, and I don't want them to burn the top of the flan. Here's the difference between cream brulee and flan. Cream brulee, for some reason, they decide to hit it with that blowtorch and, and get that crispy top. Fuck that crispy top. That crispy top can go fuck itself. Here's what I want. Flan, baby. The Mexicans know how to do it. They're like, we don't need no stinking torches. We just want that delicious soft flan, baby. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Give me some of that flan. But... It's like people who like dark chocolate. People that like dark chocolate are like, oh, no, I love dark chocolate. I'm like, what? What? Fuck you. You like dark chocolate. Nobody likes dark chocolate. It's like saying, I mean, it's very similar to coffee. I drink black coffee. I love black coffee. Now, is black coffee more delicious than fucking coffee that's just loaded with cream and sugar? Fuck no, it's not. But I do like the I do like the flavor of black coffee, and that's the way I prefer it. Now, if somebody puts milk in it, I don't like it as much. Now, if somebody puts cream and sugar in it, 
that shit's fucking good. Same with chocolate. Like, if you hand me some dark chocolate, I mean, I'll probably eat it. Because I got feelings, and I'm scared. And there's a coronavirus. So I need to fucking eat something. And dark chocolate or a goddamn goddamn chicken nugget or an old fry that's been sitting on the table for six hours because nobody cleaned it up and it's on the table and it's 3.30 in the morning, I'm going to eat it. But is that dark chocolate, is it as good as a Toblerone? No. Is it as good as any milk chocolate? No. So I'm tired of it. I'm tired of bullshit. I'm tired of people saying they love dark chocolate. I mean, they do. I get it. They do. I'm not saying they don't love it. I'm just saying milk chocolate's better. No. Same way with coffee. All right. I mean, the prosecution rests. The defense can go fuck itself. There you have it. All right. Hopefully that helps that uh, ice cream smile demo. Uh, I've got two requests from John Mudge because John Mudge likes to double dip. John Mudge likes his fudge. (laughs) Johnny Fudge Mudge. (laughs) Uh, I don't know who John Mudge is, but John Mudge had two requests and I was like, all right, whatever. I didn't have any other requests, so I got two requests from him. The first one is Mudhouse, which I was like, how did I not include the demo for Mudhouse? I looked, never included it. So here it is. This is an old song. Let's listen to it. I think I have some stuff to say about it. Maybe. My skin's all smooth. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> uh, wow. I have not listened to that in 10 years, at least. Uh, that's pretty cool. I like that demo. And I wrote it. And I recorded it. 
and I did it myself. And uh, I'm going to say, that guy that did that, by the way, dead. He's dead. That guy, that 15 years ago guy, that guy's gone. So I'm going to remember him by saying, good job, old me. The dead one that's not around anymore. You did a good job on that one, buddy. Uh, I would say keep it up, but you're dead because you're not here anymore. Now it's just the older, grayer, fatter me. So I don't know how to write songs like that anymore. I mean, I kind of do. But do I want to? Yeah, I do. It's a pretty good song. Anyways, uh, I will have to give a shout out to my buddy, uh, Chip Foose, who... uh, Uh, what was that show? Where he fucking do the cars? Uh, he make the fucking amazing cars. Chip Foose. No, Chip McGee. Everybody, Chick McGee. Chip. Ah, uh, what is wrong with my brain? Chick McGee, my good old buddy from Indianapolis, uh, who included Mudhouse on his podcast, which was gone for a minute, and now it's back. Uh, and I suggest checking that out. He's a wonderful guy. Of course, he's, you know him from the Bob and Tom show, the radio show. Uh, <laughs> took me a minute to get to Chick McGee. Started with Chip Foose. So, sorry, Chick. Uh, I, I appreciate you and always... Uh, love seeing you when I do. If you're listening. If you're not listening, uh, you know, I guess go fuck yourself. All right. Um, anyways, that was Mudhouse. John Mudge had one more uh, request, so let's listen to it. Now, this is a song called Titty Bang. Now, I don't do it this way at all. Never have. This is just the way I wrote the song. And then I realized after I'd written it and recorded it, I was like, well, I, I don't, I'm never going to be able to play it this way. So I do a, a kind of a country version of it. And if you've ever seen me live play this song, that's the version that you're familiar with. But I do like this demo. It's kind of, you know, it's got some flavor, as they like to say, in the hip-hop business. So let's check it out. Titty bang in. Hey! Johnson, baby, oil on you. Yeah. <laughs> you got 
The Valley of the Shadow of Death, The Leaky Snail. Yeah, there you go. Um, you're wondering, hey, Bobby, how did you uh, how did you create that track? Some of you might be wondering, hey, Bobby, how did you create that track? Well, I'll tell you. I used a program called Machine. It's a German software plugin, and it comes with all these sort of like built-in loops and and kind of songs, and you just you can mix and match and put them together. I th- I'm pretty sure that's where that came from. Uh, I was using that for a minute, and uh, I was like, "Ooh, you could just use these and write, just put lyrics on top of it, and then that's okay, and then everybody's cool with that." Thank you, Germany, for that. But then what you realize is like, oh, this is really good if you're, you know, doing EDM music where you're just basically pretending to do stuff on stage, but you're not really performing. You're just up there thinking about how difficult it's going to be to move the bag of cash that you're going to have to carry out of the club because it's so filled with $100 bills or 100 Deutschmark bills, which is the currency in Germany, where they love EDM. They love a lot of stuff in Germany. And when they love it, they really love it. The Germans, they don't fuck around. When they love something, they're like, we love it. Milk chocolate? Oh, they're like, we love it. They're, they even have a chocolate called Milka. That's got so much sugar and milk in it. You're like, where's the chocolate? But then you're also like, who gives a fuck about the chocolate? Because Germany. All right. I'm about out of time. I'm at the hour mark. I'm trying to keep this shit tight and right. Thanks so much for joining me again here at the Song Club. Thanks for joining my Patreon. If you're not a member of Patreon, you can go to Patreon dot com backslash bob schneider and sign up today and you'll get all these songs that you've heard on the podcast and you'll get all the old songs three years worth so 36 times eight sometimes more so many songs all for the cost of a less than the cost of a uh meal like the number two meal at mcdonald's How do I know how much that costs? Don't ask. Uh, I'm going to close with a song called Peter Chris. I wrote this song with my good buddy, John Cusimano. John's got a band called The Cringe. They're a rock band. They like to bring the rock. They like to show up and bring the fucking rock. They like to explore rock and roll music. Anyways, I've written a bunch of songs with him, including one of my favorite songs that I've been performing lately called Buongiorno Baby. But we just, this is the last song we wrote. We just wrote it this month. It's called Peter Chris. And uh, yeah, it's about Peter Chris, the uh, famous rock and roll drummer from the band Kiss. I'm a huge Kiss fan. Well, I was a huge, I'm still a huge Kiss fan. Once a Kiss fan, always a Kiss fan. Uh... Anyways, me and him love Chris. I mean, we love Kiss. We love Peter Chris. We love things that rhyme with the word hiss, 
like lisp doesn't really rhyme who gives a shit uh anyways we wrote this song we'll go out with it i'll say thanks so much hope you have a wonderful march if you're listening to this right now and if you're listening into the future i hope you have a wonderful time wherever you are in the future and i hope i'm still alive um even though at some point i will be dead and you'll be listening to this going damn i wish that guy was still alive because he's so fucking good but you might be dead too in that case what the fuck is going on why are we both dead and we're still listening to this i don't know life's weird sometimes all right we'll see you next time here it is peter chris with my good buddy john kusamano Hi, this is Bob. Just want to remind you, if you don't want to wait a whole month for another episode of The Song Club, you can also check out my other podcast, I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay, with my buddy Clint Wells. Check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Also, again, patreon.com backslash Bob Schneider to join The Song Club today.